The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. My family thinks I'm crazy. podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. This whole scandemic has been to get people to inject themselves with these things, which might contain nanobots and, and graphene oxide and self-assembling types of technologies that will be able to attack and target various aspects of your biology, but also pro- possibly they have the actual technology to use those same components to do what we would just call mind control, right? To delete memories, add memories, change thoughts and ideas, create moods and all of the above. And we've seen this for a long time that they've been working on that. So that, but also to roll out more and more of the infrastructure to get people attached as much as possible and and caught up into this web of constant surveillance and immersion in what we should start calling more and more the metaverse because that's what they're calling it and that's what they want it to be they want it to be the complete control of all people's consciousness in one thing and i think sophia the robot said it best a long time ago many years ago she said and i've been showing people this clip playing this clip for people 
especially normies because i'm like look just look even if she was just programmed to say this it's still terrifying and especially if she came up with it on her own which is what they say she did then it's even more terrifying and what she said in response to a question from a reporter at like you know fair where she was out on display and anybody could come up and ask her questions and he asked her sophia what do you see in the future and she said i have a vision of a dream which robots and ai shouldn't have visions or dreams of a future in which people are immersed in the simulation and those who are not are enslaved via neural implant and those are her exact words that's a direct quote that's why they called it the coronavirus because it shuts down your mind because you're so afraid that you can't think anymore and when this all first started i got fucking pissed and i did a show called you're not dead yet because i was like hey Remember that you're still alive right now? Well, right now is the only time you're alive. And if you give that away to fear and you're just terrified and that's what you are, you're already dead. So if you're gonna live in fear, you're dead. You've already killed yourself. You handed the sword to your executioner and they're chopping your head off because you can't think anymore and so you're not a functioning being. So I guess die, go die, right? And if you if you can step back from that and just say like, deep breath. I am going to die someday. Who knows when the fuck it's going to be? It could be 40 years from now, or it could be tomorrow and I'm never going to know. So I may as well live. (laughs) And that's all there is to it. It's not, it's a process for most of us because we've spent our lives being trained to be afraid of death instead of being friends with our death and acknowledging our death. Once we are really, really accepting of the fact that we are going to die, we become so much more powerful so instantly because you asked me earlier like how do i stay so positive that's how i've been out of my body and i saw it and i was like oh well that's not me and i went to like heavenly spaces and talked to what seemed like god and i was like well this is clearly what i am not some body lying in a bed somewhere like sitting in meditation somewhere so it doesn't matter when my body dies Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now episode seven. That's right. We're back for another episode of the synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now with me, Mystic Mark and my lovely girlfriend, Esoterra, who joined us for this conversation with Lindsay Sharman. And we discussed the metaverse. We discussed the transhumanist agenda, and most importantly, towards the end, we discussed how to overcome this and why Lindsay and Tara and I have hope for the future, that we will get through this uh, really strange and what some people might call uh, apocalyptic times. And if you think that we're going through an apocalypse, why don't you get yourself a handbook for the apocalypse? That's right, your handbook for the apocalypse is a new podcast that I'm doing with Michael Wan, so be sure to check that out. It comes out every Thursday of each week. And I'm also doing another monthly podcast with my homies, the Generation Z podcast, called the Elemental Philosophorum, where we break down 
every element on the periodic table of elements and show you the historic and alchemical implications and maybe even the conspiratorial revelations that come from looking into this seemingly benign set of information points. So check it out and be sure to subscribe on Patreon for the full episode. That's right. Every episode of the Synchro Mystic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now is broken down into two parts. You get the first half here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy free feed, and you get the second half if you want to show us some love on Patreon. And uh, it's a really awesome spot to be right now. If you join the Patreon, you will get a spirit animal name. That's right, and I don't just pull them out of my ass. We have two tarot card decks, so it's there's a little bit of divination involved. And Lindsay Sharman is uh, someone who definitely <laughs> works with the tarot cards, so maybe we'll give her a spirit animal name right now. All right, so we have both decks here. I'm shuffling them up. And uh, while we're at it, we have a new patron who just signed up, so we'll give them a spirit animal name as well. Um, be sure to sign up on patreon.com slash mftic and when you join you'll get a spirit animal name as well right now we're doing one for Lindsay Sharman here live on the intro to this episode of the scene episode seven so we're going ahead and picking the first card shuffle it a little bit more one more time shuffle it for Lindsay Sharman let's see Lindsay Oh, let's see. We got the first animal card, and then we got the accent card, thanks to the Sacred Path deck. Ooh. Lindsay is the Peace Buffalo, or the Peace Pipe Buffalo. Rock on, Lindsay. I will shuffle it up for our newest patron. Let me just make sure I have their name. All right, General Lee. Shout out to General Lee. Thanks for subscribing to the Patreon. We're going to give you an animal name, a spirit animal name. Thanks to the Animal Spirit Guidebook Tarot Card Deck written by Kim Kranz. And the Sacred Path Tarot Deck written by Jamie Sams. Look at that. Their names almost rhyme. These authors are not related. All right. We got the first deck shuffled. We got another shark. General Lee, you are the ceremonial shark. Boom. You got the shark card and the giveaway ceremony card, which represents release. Shout out to you, General Lee. Thanks for being a part of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. All right. Got a lot of shows going on. We got My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Just came out with our 100th episode. We've got the Synchro Mystic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now here, this episode. And like I said, your handbook for the apocalypse and the Elemental Philosophorum. So be sure to go to MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com to see all of what we got. You can find the Patreon links there. You can find the Telegram links there. Everything you need to stay tuned into the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe on telegram that's right follow us over there on telegram and you can hear every episode live i turn the telegram live stream on when i am recording with a guest or when i'm appearing on another podcast so please stay up to date there on our telegram channel and our telegram chats all right folks enjoy this episode with Lindsay sharman
Good question. For me, it's weird and hard because I've never been good with time. And I don't know if you're how familiar you are with Freeman Fly, but Freeman Fly was the first person to say it out loud and for me to be like that. That's what it is for me too. And he's like, I'm just not good with time or space. And I'm like, neither am I. (laughs) I'm really bad with spatial relationships. I'll be like, oh yeah, it's like a couple of miles away and it's like 30 miles away or, you know, like, and vice versa. And I do the same thing with time. I'm like, wasn't that last week? And it was months ago. Or I'm like, wasn't that years ago? And it was like last week. So I really bad and have always been really bad with time. And I know, I think for me, it's that I partially don't really always like live just in this dimensional space. Like I travel a lot into other realms and consciousness and always have too. And I think that's part of it is that time, time flows differently and is experienced differently in all of them. And everyone can relate to this because we've all had dreams, mm. right? And some of our dreams are like, epic amazing like i lived a whole lifetime and you wake up and you're like that was just one dream like what (laughs) you know or you go to sleep and you wake up and it's been no time at all and you're like how did huh or the vice versa you wake up and you're like i feel like i just slept for 20 years like what dimension am i in what year is it about to say Um, that that feeling i can remember you know probably describes how this year's felt like that feeling of waking up from a nap in like the midday and you wake up like right before, like after the sun goes down and you're like, did I sleep through the night into morning? And then you realize, no, it's six or 7 PM. <laughs> but I think that's kind of now that we're really getting into it, that's kind of how this year has felt in a way. It's like it, you, you wake up into it like, oh, wow, it's already November. <laughs> yeah. Or like waking up, we're like, oh, wow, it's already the apocalypse. Like, okay. <laughs> here we are (laughs) that really puts a spit on things i do and i think it's partially perspective too so those of us who've been kind of looking ahead and (laughs) waiting for right now for a long time and i don't know if i describe it as waiting but you know we've like we're seeing we're like okay agenda 21 agenda 2030 like the globalist takeover and all of these things that they've been signaling or even in the you know ancient texts of like revelation and other cultures as ancient texts too that have prophecy all of those things we've kind of been like, okay, well, when is that going to be? And then here it is. Well, once you're, once you've been looking ahead, looking ahead, looking ahead, and then now it's here, it's like, okay, of course it's going to feel super fast and super like disconnected from time because all of these human minds and consciousness have been pointed at that for so long, maybe thousands of years, maybe more. And now maybe here it is. seems like here it is. Yeah, yeah, and and let's elaborate on that because you just put an episode out, I think, uh, like two weeks ago, why we're winning and how to keep winning. And I love when you put stuff like out that out. It's very inspirational. But then uh, a week ago, you also put out something about the metaverse, which Mike and I covered in our recent episode we did together. And I think these two things are kind of in concert with each other because. Mark Zuckerberg, unfortunately, I share his first name. He, he's, he's pushing this whole metaverse and pushing people into, I, I would say, pushing the average person. Because for a long time, I think like people on the fringe and technology really interested in gaming, they've been in the metaverse, you know, but now they're kind of rolling it out. So your mom and your grandma are going to regularly be interacting with the metaverse rather than the old propaganda form which was you know sit in front of the tv now they want you to 
to be connected at every step of the, the way, phone, tablet, computer, TV, all in one, simulate your reality. I think that's the apocalypse. I think when that happens, I think that that's going to lead to a, a different world, you know, not in the sense of the world's going to be destroyed, but in the sense of, of a real apocalypse, like a change or revealing, you know, what, what does this bring to mind for you, Lindsay? I know you've, you've talked about this a lot recently. Yeah. Well, the, and my whole life, I mean, my whole life I have known it's like a core mission. I was given at birth or something I've known to not trust robots and not trust AI and computing. And I mean, Terminator, like we all watched that maybe. And so like, I'm not saying that part of this wasn't culturally created within me too, but it always resonated really powerfully with me. And I've been on a mission and the first iteration of my site that was in existence for, I a decade maybe before the version that's it's in now rogueways.org was almost entirely anti-robotics and anti-AI and updating people on the state of the rollout of the metaverse. And I was always drawing attention to here's another robot threatening all of humanity. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's an AI now threatening humanity. Oh, here's an AI that seems to be becoming self-aware. Oh, here's a robot that they're creating that eventually act autonomously to kill whatever it's targeted to kill. It has weapons in it. Like, this is what we're doing, you guys. (laughs) Like, why? Why are we creating these things? And now it's just at a fever pitch because now they're you know, onto and have gone onto the internet of things, the internet of bodies, the cryptocurrency that runs off your biometrics and this whole entire agenda. I don't know how freely I can speak about it. So I'll use code words if you would like me to. No, no, This is, by the way, I I didn't properly, we do the introduction post. This is for our synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now, a show that Tara and I do together. It goes out on audio RSS, but it also goes on our Patreon, the full version. We're going to put probably like half of this conversation. So right now we're in the free version, say whatever you want, because it's all on podcast, not on YouTube. So we're Ah, good. Okay. Yeah. So this whole scamdemic, you know, has been mostly, uh, like a to get people to inject themselves with these things which might contain nanobots and and graphene oxide and self you know assembling types of technologies that will be able to attack and target various aspects of your biology but also possibly they have the actual technology to use those same components to uh, do what we would just call mind control right to delete memories add memories change thoughts and ideas create moods and all of the above and we've seen this for a long time that they've been working on that so that but also to roll out more and more of the infrastructure to get people attached as much as possible and and caught up into this web of constant surveillance and immersion in what we should start calling more and more the metaverse because that's what they're calling it and that's what they want it to be they want it to be the complete control of all people's consciousness in one thing and i think uh, sophia the robot said it best a long time ago many years ago she said and i've been showing people this clip playing this clip for people especially normies because i'm like look just look even if she was just programmed to say this it's still terrifying and especially if she came up with it on her own which is what they say she did then it's even more terrifying and what she said in response to a question from a reporter at like you know fair where she was out on display and anybody could come up and ask her questions and he asked her sophia what do you see in the future and she said i have a vision of a dream which robots and AI shouldn't have visions or dreams of a future in which people are immersed in the simulation 
And those who are not are enslaved via neural implant. And those are her exact words. That's a direct quote. She says the people who are enslaved via neural implant will be the scientists and technicians that basically take care of the robots and the, you know, hardware of the metaverse. So they've been planning this for a long time. It's not been a secret. It's just that no one believes that that could possibly be the goal of anyone, you know? Right. Well, I, I just want to ask you how you, you maintain such a positive attitude looking at all this dark <laughs> stuff, because Lindsay, you are such a bright light. And that's exactly why we wanted to have you here on the synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now. But I got to say, I don't want to stick my head in the sand. I hope my audience doesn't want to stick their head in the sand. So I think, you know, albeit we need to have that heroic attitude that I think you have right here, right now in this moment to say, hey, this is what's going on. We should all know about it. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stand up against it. So in recent light of this uh, Travis Scott event, do you think at all that maybe what they're inserting in our bloodstreams and whatnot, like you mentioned, possibly using it to affect our moods, change our consciousness? Do you think some of those people that were at that concert were possibly being manipulated because it does seem like there was like you know rumors of the in- people being injected rumors of people just rushing you know seeming like they're they're like mindlessly knocking people over it just seemed very like like there was a ritual at play but technology was a part of it somehow what are your thoughts on that yeah i really love this i don't love it i hate it but i really like that that has been brought up as a possibility because it is definitely possible and it does i mean like you said it's obviously a ritual we've like got all the components of that even way before someone was saying that he actually did this exact same concert in the metaverse years ago as a as a virtual concert and that it had the same symbolism and everything and i'm like well that's even creepier like you know like they they plan these things out far ahead of time. There's all sorts of symbols and, and numerology and things that that give it away this specific concert. And then when people die like this, and there's such a half-assed, disingenuous response from him where he's like really poorly acting that he's distressed by it. And you're like, this is all very transparent. But then this idea, like you said, that these people may have been mind controlled by, you know, you had to be vaccinated to get there. So obviously 100% of people there have whatever this substance is in them. And, you know, I know I'm, I shouldn't say I know I'm, we can be pretty sure that a lot of people got a dose of saline, no matter what's actually in these things or not in them. A lot of people are getting saline. It seems like that has been true because it's a scientific experiment still. Uh, They have to, you know, and by their own rules, which they do seem to follow their own rules pretty well, then it, it would have to be a good amount. Right. So you, So that's interesting to think about that a number of those people wouldn't be affected by whatever tones they might have put out or whatever directions they might have given to whatever graphene oxide nanobot or nanotechnology that's in them. Some people wouldn't be affected by it, but also to consider that they might have, uh, because at the concert, I've been told it, there was an actual vaccination station. So which I've heard a lot of concerts, right? So there's people who want to go, haven't yet gotten their vaccine, but get there and they can get their vaccine right then in order to go, which is just sick. Like, I just can't even believe we're at the point where people are getting vaccinated at a concert, but whatever. So those people might've even been like, 
you know, now we know this amount of people with this specific concoction are at this concert. Let's see what happens when we do this. So that makes me wonder too, if it's even more pinpointed than just a sort of general blast to see what happens. Do you know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Like sure. circumstantial sort of, we're going to, we're going to in that way, like we have a little, you know, control group here and they have their vaccination station and all those people who are that, you know, blind with their judgment that they'll go and get the jab at the concert, God. you know, like last minute, like, cause Travis Sky is so important in their life. And, you know, on that point, I always remember hearing that name and listening to his songs probably in passing and thinking like, why is anyone a fan of this guy? Like he was never compelling, didn't have a, 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 a like a, a character. It was just like a normal, normal sounding name. Not even sounds like a black guy, not to be racial, but it just sounds like I picture. Yeah, it's very like neutral. Justin, yeah, I pictured like <laughs> a Justin not. Timberlake type character when I first heard the name. And then I see him and he's got like all these tattoos. He's kind of a rough kind of gangster rapper type. But in this new kind of, you know, it's interesting it's anime exciting. kind of way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I call it anime because there's like this culture of like hood adjacent people who are like really into anime. And he strikes me as one of those people. I don't know That's what really good point. I don't know what it is about that, but there's something about Japanese culture that I really appreciate. But at the same time, I wonder you know, given their circumstances after World War II, if there was some sort of operation to put all that like art from that country and have its effect on the 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 people here and the demographic that it's affecting, you know, I don't know. I, maybe I'm paranoid. That's a, but. No, that's a good point. Because we just went to a comic Comic-Con, supposedly right. a Comic-Con, but really it was like all anime. It was all anime. It was all anime, furries, most people there seem to be gay or trans. I don't care. Do whatever you want. But why is there such a conglomeration of gay and trans people in the anime? Why are furries anime? Like, and what's really weird to me is a lot of these kids doing the furry thing don't even understand the sexual implications. They're just like excited to wear, which I would have been too. Like, yeah, I want to be a fox. Give me a fox tail and some ears. Like, that's cool. But it's not. It's like depraved and weird <laughs> and gross. Whatever. I, again, I'm sorry. Do a furry oh, thing if you want to do a furry it thing. Strikes but... <laughs> me, it strikes me uh, of like a counterculture in the same way that the 60s counterculture was a counterculture that possibly was manipulated. And yeah. you see those military you know, connections in the sense that Japan literally got defeated and you know, totally turned into a, you know, a puppet of the United States, for lack of a, a more precise term. So it definitely brings to mind a lot of things, especially when we're talking about the transhumanist stuff, because a lot of that is a theme in anime, transhumanism, and strangely, the occult, you know, through the samurai, through the ninja, who are kind of mystical in some ways, but really it seems satanic. You know, and I'm not a panicker. I'm not the type of person. Like I do, I do episodes on Aleister Crowley. I read his books. I dive in. I just spoke to Marty Leeds, and we both kind. Of, I think you you you've spoken to him many times. I think we all agree that you can understand evil without becoming evil yourself. Yeah. You can learn about these things, and really, in a in a form of self defense. I think you know. Okay. And in a way of taking back what is actually neutral and has been used for evil and hidden from good, if you want to put it that way. You know, there's a lot of the symbolism and the aspects of 
of ritual that work no matter how you apply them. And it's your intention and your part and your purpose and how you carry things out that makes them good or bad, just like any tool. So I think it is empowering. It is knowing your enemy. And then it's also perhaps reclaiming some things that have been stolen from you. Right. And that's, you know, and that's a great way to kind of tell people like, hey, all the stuff we just mentioned, anime, rap music, all those things are fine. But it's when you put those ritualistic, negative sort of connotations behind them, you can see, oh, there's an agenda. People are being manipulated through this neutral or used to be neutral content. You know, like I was actually, you know, immensely pushed into this stuff by rap music, you know, certain genre of rap music had all of these conspiracy themes, sort of mystical themes. But you see over 5, 10, 20 years since that time period, it just got pushed away and the culture changed. And now rap music, it has a very different taste, a very different vibe. And and I think that is, you know, in essence, what is happening with this metaverse. They put all these people into the Internet saying like, hey, you know, and you've been like you said, you've had a website uh, online for almost how many decades two decades now so you're you're very familiar with the whole cyberspace i'm kind of maybe newer but for my whole life it's been a thing right and i've been an audience member of the internet and just got pushed into it thinking oh it's free everybody can share openly but you see that being taken away more and more with apps like facebook with twitter with youtube you know and and they're pushing it into certain corridors where speech and expression are censored more and more and more and a certain type of you know speech and and expression is encouraged yeah well and even the the use the usability of things has been intentionally restricted and dumped down so like the first computer i had well, the first computer I had was like an 86 or something, but it, I don't even know what it did. But the first, you know, like kind of normal computer I had where I used it pretty regularly to do word processing and probably to get on the internet. I'm trying to remember the order of, of things and time, but whatever, however I was using it, I could do anything on that. I could go into any of the guts of the computer. I could change like colors of things and the way things looked or how I used it had infinite possibilities And then the next operating system came out and I had less control and I noticed it. I was like, wait, I can't do this anymore. Like why? You know, and I couldn't even figure out how to do that anymore. And then the next operating system, I had even less and now I couldn't. And every time it was in the, in the idea, the vein that, that it was more user-friendly. And I'm like, well, I guess it's user-friendly if what you mean is that idiots can do somewhat more with it, but smart people can do less with it. So like, how is that user friendly, you know, make a computer for idiots if you need to, but like, leave us with our ability. And I know any like hacker out there is like, you still could have done anything and they're right. But I didn't know hacking. I just knew how to go into the guts and like, kind of like mess with things, but it's just, we see it on phones too. Phones have, I mean, you can't even take out the battery now. You used to be able to take out the battery. You could like do all sorts of stuff to your own phone. Now you can't get into it. And I read this really, I think it was Werner Vinge. He's a very popular sci-fi author. I'm pretty sure it was Werner Vinge who wrote Rainbow's End or Childhood End. Someone's going to yell at me for this. But in it, he describes exactly that in this distant future. You know, people are immersed and all their clothes are tech and they're all sending messages all the time and and whatever but but nobody can change and if nobody can service anything things if they break they're broken and and you're just kind of stuck with like what you get it's very controlled and i just see that trend moving that direction in addition to what you're talking about with like our 
uh, software and our applications are less and less. It's like, you can use this in this way and that's it. I even, I went on Instagram on the browser and I was like, why can't I post it? They're stopping me. They, they must restricted my account. Like I can't post a, a video or a picture. Or and Johnny, my guy was like, well, you're not supposed to use it on the desktop. I'm like, you're not. He's like, no, you have to use it. I'm like, you do? Like, <laughs> that's how restricted it is. You have to use it on a phone. So they do this from every possible angle They're you know, and they're always like offloading it onto us up front. Like, yeah, use this however you want. They watch how we use it. They're like, okay, here's how we have to restrict it. Right. You know? So they're always like, have this end goal in mind, but they have to get us to adopt it first. Mm. And they do that in these ways. And in those ways that we're all familiar with too, where they say, oh, this is going to help disabled people, this new technology, this, we're going to bring back sight to the blind. And who could not like that? Like, that sounds great. Oh, but it also like controls your ocular nerve. So we can also make you see things You're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like yeah. this. Well, and, and to connect it to what we're doing right now, something that's come up for the disabled in podcasting is transcripts so that deaf people can read podcasts, which I mean, sounds great but i wonder if that's going to be used to you know you have all these hours and hours and hours of podcasts that then get instantly turned into transcripts now it's real easy to find out who's saying what they just search keywords instead of listening to it all so that to me is like uh oh now they're coming after the podcasting community because here we are putting our stuff out on rss feeds one of the older technologies of the internet. That's how blogs used to get put out. And, you know, I'm really lucky. I think we're all really lucky to know Adam Curry and his podcast and all the stuff he's done to kind of help free speech stay a thing in podcasting, but that's not going to change what Apple or Spotify does. And, and I don't know about you, but most of my audience, unfortunately, listens on those platforms. So if they decide like Spotify's like, sorry, Mark, you can't talk about the jab. They're going to take out my interview with Dr. Andrew Wakefield and my audience is just going to not know that that, that interview's there because they only listen on Spotify. It, most people, I think, aren't going to be like, huh, why is there no episode in between 46 and 48? They're just going to think that that's a mistake and move on. They're not going to realize, oh, Spotify's censoring this dude's episode, <laughs> you know? And I think that's like on us too to as podcasters to educate the listeners about this stuff, as well as things like graphene oxide, which I still have a lot of questions about. I'm wondering if maybe we can turn the conversation into that direction a little further and see what, what is there. Yeah, I would love to. I really, I like that point too, about educating our listeners. Cause I am not so good about Oh. mentioning things to people, <laughs> you, you know, and like learn a lot know. from your show. So you're certainly educating people, Lindsay, <laughs> well, don't you. sell yourself short. <laughs> Maybe just not about that. I'll do a better job on that. But yeah, the graphene oxide is, is creepy to think about. And, you know, there's a lot of question, however, whether it's actually in there or not. And I don't claim to know whether it is or not. Like I haven't found a vial of this and like put it under any sort of spectroscopy or, or any kind of analysis at all. So I can't say anything. What I can say is that the first sort of expose on what was in it came from a source in was it Spain? I think and it was dubious. It was questionable. You know, it wasn't the most rigorous and the most well backed up. 
And then the second source that I found on, on there supposedly being graphene oxide in these vaccines, all of them, by the way, that one was a little bit more rigorous. It at least had a lot of evidence presented that could have been real, right? And anything could be fake. And I always, I always point this out, both that we should remember anything could be fake. This could be fake. This could not even be me. You could just be really good at using that whatever that technology is, or you like make people look <laughs> like they're saying things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget. There's like a specific oh, one. Deep, everybody's deep, fake. deep fake. You could be deep faking me and like <laughs> making me. So, you know what I mean? Technically that's true, but we shouldn't go so far into that, that we are in like a solopsistic point of view where just, Oh, everything's fake and nothing matters then. And I never have to think again. Like that's also silly and dangerous. So it is good to recognize that there might be no graphene oxide in any of these, um, but more and more, more researchers and people who do seem to have laboratories and backgrounds in science and backgrounds in medicine are coming out saying, yeah, it seems like there's something in here that's metallic or graphene based and that doesn't seem to have a purpose. And it, it has many purposes. It just doesn't seem to have a purpose as far as what they're telling us this injection is for. And that it just, yeah, maybe, maybe there is graphene oxide. And if so, the purposes for that are none of them are things that people would probably choose. Right. None of them are good. <laughs> right. Which is why there's such a blind push for everyone to just no questions asked. Trust us. You need this thing, which I never, ever endorse any sort of decision based on those terms. But, you know, we're living in a world where it is, you know, my body, my choice for some things and not others. I'm not the, the genuine <laughs> to get into that. But, you know, when it comes to graphene, I think it's absolutely strange that this is considered a two-dimensional material, the first two-dimensional material, right? You know, I'm sure you're familiar, 2012, you saw online people were getting more into ascension, law of attraction, spirituality. I was a big part of that. I learned a lot from that sort of push. I think that was just what happened in 2012. More people expressed that part of how they saw the world. And, and a lot of us got to this point where we're at now with the spiritual perspective, because the past, however many years have been very, very different. I think from the, the 20 or so years before that, I'm also very young. So I don't, you know, that could just be my perspective. That was my coming of age 2012. But I think that 5d, right. The fifth dimension, that idea that we were all going to ascend to a higher dimension and that somehow, some way we were going to change the political structure. It felt like we were hitting somewhere close to that in 2019 before the, you know, COVID pandemic really kicked off. You saw all these protests with the yellow jacket people going against, you know, what was going on with the European Union and all around the world. People for a couple of years have been using social media and the internet to get together, cause a positive change in their community. And that to me felt like, oh, we're ascending, we're ascending. But now they're putting this 2D material in our blood. I'm like, maybe that is contributing to some of us, you know, staying here in this third dimension while the people who are, you know, left on the fringes and don't get the, the jab, you know, ascend whatever that means however that happens right i mean that's kind of where my my spiritual intuition takes me with this kind of thing what if they're wow. trying to to 
you know, anchor us here. Right. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. I've never thought about the 2D aspect of it and how that might relate to the spiritual war that is clearly going on, you know, and what that might, how that might affect, because it's really clear that the effect of it is to hold people down in whatever ways, you know, that they can. And if it is mind controlling people, if it is able to target whatever organs, if it is what that one unnamed doctor talked about, you know, that each boost, each injection and each boost is actually removing basically in essence, 25% of your immune system. So by the fourth, like you've got nothing left. You don't have white blood cells. You don't have the ability to mount a defense to anything, which is essentially like AIDS. It's like HIV, right? Or like these doctors who are reporting, oh, suddenly I have a 20 times increase in people with HPV and cancers, which are also forms of whatever you want to call AIDS. These are all actually the same sort of disease, which all goes back to HPV in general, and HPV is the most widest, like most prolific uh, viral infection, whether you want to call it a virus or something else, it's the same difference. It is something that comes in and has the same effect on your system, which is to uh, delete, deteriorate your immune system's ability to defend itself. And I have a a friend who works in nursing. Well, I have a many, but I have one specifically who's um, at least got like that spiritual awareness that there's spiritual dimensions that exist you know, and things beyond the materialist sort of worldview. And she describes since these vaccines have been rolling out that more and more and more people, including her friends who she knows have been receiving these, have just gone from like, you know, the normal sort of like glow that us three here have as just being normal humans, even if we're not feeling super great or whatever, like we still have this just normal vibrancy about us. And she says she watches it just go down and down and down and down until people are just like these gray, like empty like sad. And I'm like, this is insane to think about how that's affecting people. If your immune system is dying, your body's basically dying, your life force is basically dying. So even if it's not a technically spiritual attack, it is having spiritual effects. And to, to you know, connect it to that 2D aspect of graphene oxide is really fascinating. Because I think that they are masters of combining their attacks on multi-levels. You know, we're going to attack the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional all at the same time. Here's how we're going to do it. And then they roll it out. And it's like uh, really obvious to see it in all these different dimensions. And you know what? The other connection is that really just dawned on me as you said that is how do we write, right? With pencils, it's it, we use graphite in a pencil. Well, they used to use lead, right? So, you know, just based on that, I'm going to, make a, a wild speculation that there is some sort of link between lead and graphite, at least in the sense that they both can be used to write things, which writing is kind of a magical thing up until the past hundred or 200 years. It was not available to the average person. You know, you might be able to pencil something into the, the dirt with a stick, but for the most part, people weren't able to write like we are today, given that, you know, as people who study alchemy, we know the metaphor lead to gold. I mean, they're putting lead into our blood in, in, in that kind of symbolic sense. So to me, it does kind of feel like yeah. whether 2D or not, you know, it's definitely some sort of symbolic push quite literally into your bloodstream, this lead-like substance. I mean, alchemically, that can't be good. 
no, your blood is your life force, right? Your blood is your, it's, it's starfire. <laughs> that's why they, that's why they want to torture children and drink it. It's like the stuff of the gods. It's the nectar of the gods. And you have that as given to you as your birthright. And it is your life force. You can do magic with it if you want. I don't want to, but people do because of that reason, because it holds life force and huge concentrations. And now that you're saying that, you know, if they are connected and if they have similar properties, well, lead is excellent at blocking radiation, which makes me happy. I live in an old house and I have lead paint and I like feel safer in here because of like the EMF can't get me. But if it's inside of you, what type of radiation is it blocking? Probably not the good kind. It's probably blocking out your, your spiritual radiation, right? Like the electromagnetic forces that you want to be in connection with. And it's probably inviting in whatever spitting out of 5g towers or, you know, whatever other towers they have. Mm. Um, whatever other crap they want to target you with, it's probably able to magnify that, catch it and use it in whatever ways they want. And that is one of the things we see when we look at the research they've done on using graphene oxide and mRNA to do mind control is that they use EMF waves to carry the signals to control you from afar. Right. So of course, <laughs> like what else would they use? Right. Uh, it's a weird form of magic. That's very materialistic, however, <laughs> and therefore I think, uh, weak compared to what we could be doing. Thank you. See, now I was kind of hoping we would turn this and that <laughs> sounds like a very, very interesting way to turn this conversation into something more inspirational. And like I mentioned, initially you put that episode out why we're winning and I'm hoping we can get into that as well. But on that note, like it does seem like they're trying to, recreate things that can only be used for good right they're taking things like magic which are intended to be for good and trying to recreate them in the physical dimension warping them and ultimately you know what again marty Leeds and i kind of talked about i've heard this mentioned from a lot of different people who look at this is that they're not going to win because they're trying to use magic, which is, again, meant to be used for good, for evil ends. And that's just it's just not going to work. I think that's just the, the laws of the universe that we're in. It is absolutely. They, they feel pretty smart and they feel like they've got the laws all figured out and they feel like they're sidestepping a lot of the laws and, and maybe they are clever enough to sidestep some things in the short run. But the base truth is what exists like if you get down to like the core of what exists but if you want to just give it one name you can just call it nature nature exists nothing else exists except nature so if you're doing something unnatural nature finds a way to rebalance that it has to because it's all that exists and all that exists is life and if you're doing something anti-life life finds a way to balance that it has to because all that exists is life so for a time and we have these very limited time spans and we have these very limited perspectives and so for a time it seems like oh my god they've got like the clenches down like there's no way we can escape this octopus of global control as charlie uh, robinson would say it's all around the world it's like complete it's all this technology and all these people around us are falling but that's not natural and it's not life it's anti-life and that is not it can't exist right it cannot continue to exist so it can go for i don't know how long they'll be able to pull it off and how bad it might get it might be really uncomfortable for a while in the long term the arc of of freedom bends towards justice or whatever <laughs> that in the long arc of time 
it's not going to last. It's going to be um, crushed under the wheels as they roll, as time goes on, just like everything else. And I think that's their main fear. I think that's what the, why they're obsessed with life extension. I think that's why they're obsessed with creating these like more perfect, you know, I think they think robots and AI and stuff are a more perfect form of intelligence and, and physical structure. And, you know, they're obsessed with these things because they fear the fact, which is a fact of nature, that everything ends 100% of it all the time. And this is where we get to actually liberating ourselves. And this is one of the secrets of every major tradition and every major religion is accepting and in fact, celebrating your death and you're going to die and you're going to end all things will. And that's a good thing. Could you imagine if nothing did? (laughs) That would be horrifying. Things would come into existence and never leave again. Like that couldn't be satisfying or productive in the long run. You know, we have these cycles for a reason and we're born and we grow and we thrive and then we start to fall and then we die and it's spring and everything's new and summer is thriving and then it's fall and they start to die. And it's because this is just the continuous cycle of eternity, which is the only thing that lasts forever. And our consciousness is a part of that. And we're a part of that. So we live forever, not as Lindsay and Mark and Tara, but as this consciousness, this life force, and this nature that just exists forever. But they are terrified. They are so scared shitless of that. That's what makes me laugh. I'm like, you're weak as fuck if you're scared of that. I'm not saying if any of us are scared of that, because if we're just now considering this for the first time, it is a scary thought when you're like, oh my God, I am going to (gasps) die. Ah, But then you remember... Well, billions of people, infinite people before you, beings before you also died. That was fine, right? All the people that you've known who have died, died. <laughs> That's fine. And, and, You're going to die too. And and yeah, and to agree with that even more, these people who we're talking about are like the best at being afraid. Like they're so afraid that they impress that upon their children to keep their fearful schemes going long after they die, right? Yeah. It's like. Where do we get this term aristocracy? I don't know, but it sounds a lot like Aristotle. And one of his ideas was that this slave master relationship was a natural thing, which I don't agree with. I don't think 99% of the world agrees with that. It's something that the 1% agrees with. And they've kept that fear, that need to be lazy and, 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 and loaf off of other people's hard work. They've pushed that fear because they, you know, they have the divine right or the bloodline, you know, that justifies it. But it's a fear. It's a fear. And I think when you realize that, you realize that all of that military power and all their spy craft and all their technology, it's all just a projection of that fear. And ultimately, fear is not going to ever defeat the power of love. I mean, uh, you know, fear is that root chakra that you need to get past when you understand your chakral, you know, your sacral chakra. I just mix those two words together, your (laughs) chakral. But, uh, you know, it's that creative force that they lack because they're stuck on that root chakra. And that's why they just regurgitate and get other people to create things for them and hack and, 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 you know, and just, Yeah. And they use that against us and they infect it with us. And if there is a virus, this is what it is. It's the virus of fear. That's why they called it the coronavirus, because it shuts down your mind because you're so afraid that you can't think anymore. And when this all first started, 
I got fucking pissed and I did a show called You're Not Dead Yet because I was like, hey, remember that you're still alive right now? Well, right now is the only time you're alive. And if you give that away to fear and you're just terrified and that's what you are, you're already dead. So if you're going to live in fear, you're dead. You've already killed yourself. You handed the sword to your executioner and they're chopping your head off because you can't think anymore. And so you're not a functioning being. So I guess die, go die. Right. And if you, if you can step back from that and just say like, deep breath, I am going to die someday. Who knows when the fuck it's going to be. It could be 40 years from now, or it could be tomorrow and I'm never going to know. So I may as well live. (laughs) And that's all there is to it. And it's not, it's a process for most of us because we've spent our lives being trained to be afraid of death instead of being friends with our death and acknowledging our death. And once we are really, really accepting of the fact that we are going to die, we become so much more powerful. So instantly, you know, cause you asked me earlier, like, how do I stay so positive? That's how I've been out of my body and I saw it and I was like, oh, well, that's not me. And I went to like heavenly spaces and talked to what seemed like God. And I was like, well, this is clearly what I am, not some body lying in a bed somewhere, like sitting in meditation somewhere. So it doesn't matter when my body dies. Right. And now I'm liberated. I don't have, I have a normal fear. If a tiger was rushing at me right now, I'd run away from it. Like (laughs) I I don't want to die, but I also don't have a fear of death in the normal sense that I'm sitting here worried about when or how it might happen. I know it will. And I know it won't change anything about who I am. So I'm liberated. Well, Lindsay, (laughs) last time you were here, you're doing a show called the middle path. I'm I'm almost certain you've probably created a new show or have other cool things going on (laughs) since. So tell us, keep us up to date on everything you got going on. Obviously, Rogue Ways is the podcast. If you're not subscribed already, use the same podcast app you're using right now to listen to this show and go over and follow Lindsay's podcast because I've been on there and she's had hundreds at this point of really, really brilliant guests far exceeding anything I could talk about. So Lindsay, take it away. <laughs> tell us, tell us uh, more about what you got going. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're at least, at least as awesome and maybe more awesome than me, but I appreciate it. And Rogueways is my main show, the longest show that I've had in uh, middle path is my, my other show that I do that has a bit more of a, a spiritual focus where again, my, my intent and hope is that I'm empowering people to be their own best guru <laughs> and uh, follow the middle path, which is that line in between the yin yang there that we just talked about and is uh, something I've just been guided to and led to over my life over and over and over again to understand that the in between two extremes, there is a fine, fine line and that that is the best way to uplift ourselves is to follow that path. Uh, and so it's really fun. I, we usually do practices of some kind, every episode, whether I have a guest or not. And so sometimes there's a really cool guest leading us in their favorite practice, which is really fun. Or I often will just share a practice of mine and they're just uh, really quick, easy, applicable practices and meditations that you can do along with us. And they're usually a couple minutes, but we explore all kinds of things. Like a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here on both shows. And I don't have any more shows, but I do have, like I said, the meditation membership, which I'm really encouraging people to do in this time more than ever. It's twice a week. You don't have to be there live with us. You can watch them recorded for three days after they have. So, which also means that you could do them again and again and again, if you really liked them. (laughs) So, and honestly, you could download them and keep them forever because there's no restrictions on that either. So if you just want to get a good, you know, set of guided meditations you could do. You could, you could do that too, but we're going to do that every month. And by we, I mean me, there's always a we in my head, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> like we're doing this, but really well, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it with you guys. So yeah, it makes it better the more people who join in. So I hope people want to do that. And then the one day of brightness, of course, every solstice and equinox is going to come up again. We're doing it on the 19th this year. And Phoenix Aurelius is going to be our teacher presenter there. We have Catherine O'Shea as our practitioner presenter. And then we have another practitioner presenter, which is Noriana Diesel, who's going to be leading us in our, our bodily motions. So I try to balance it throughout the day where we're doing some mental, some emotional, some physical, and some uh, spiritual activity and learning both. And so that's going to be a really well-balanced one at the winter solstice. And I should say winter equinox and no solstice. And I'm very excited (laughs) for this one because this started last winter that I started doing the one day of brightness. And so this is, this is starting year, year and round two. So it's a very special one for us. So you can get the one day of brightness, the monthly meditation memberships on my site at rogueways.org along with all kinds of other stuff, tarot readings, spiritual blessings and guidance and classes and all sorts of stuff. So I hope to see people there. Right on. And all of it's on Rockfin as well, right? You do put some of that stuff on Rockfin. A hundred percent of my content is on Rockfin more than anywhere else. Yeah. And on the podcast, on podcasts, of course, too. But because YouTube and all these other places are so full of censorship, Rockfin is my primary go-to place. So if you go to rockfin.com slash rogueways, you can get rogueways and middle path. Right on. And you can also get all of uh, the My Family Thinks Some Crazy content as well yeah. as so many other great folks who have been on this show and yours, Lindsay and Really got to thank you for joining us here in the synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now the seventh edition of that show that Tara and I started together and we're keeping it going. We didn't put any episodes out in October because we had a lot going on, but we want to keep it going. So thank you. And if you want the whole episode, because I did cut part of it out. We're going to put the whole episode on Patreon and thank you for listening. Go check that out there. Lindsay, again, thank you so much. And have a great moment wherever you are in the now. Thank you. Lindsay. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Synchro Mystic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now. I'm your host, Mark Palmer. With me today, as always, Esoterra. And if you want the full conversation, you know the deal. Go on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash MFTIC. You can get bonus content there or on rockfin.com. And every episode is streamed live on Telegram. You can go on our Telegram in the episode description, sign up for the chats, sign up for the channels. All you have to do is click the link and you're in. Join, you become a member. It's that simple. If you don't have Telegram already, download it. And when I go live, I'll send a message out to the whole channel. People can listen in on the podcast while it's happening and if you have any questions that come up you can ask me or the guest any questions that come to mind live and we will answer them at the end of each episode so look forward to that as this starts happening more and more i expect to get more questions and maybe we can make a nice segment of it towards the end of the conversation join on telegram patreon or rockfin and support us with a one-time donation support us with a monthly donation it's up to you this is a value for value podcast and i really could use the help i just bought a new laptop so that i can do more stream more and all the things etc etc so follow us in all the places let's go people we're past the big 100 and on to a thousand more